Greetings, welcome, and good day. You are now tuned into the 14th episode of the Season Vet Podcast. I'm so happy you can make it to another chapter of this show. This week, we're joined by retired Sergeant First Class Cassandra Taylor. Cassandra joined the Army as a single mother in 1986 and had the pleasure of training under a black lady drill sergeant. In 1986. And I'll be honest, I didn't even think they made black lady drill sergeants before 1990. <laughs> But according to Cassandra, the Army had at least two, and she trained under both of them. So good for her. Sergeant First Class Taylor spent 28 years working as a victim's advocate, urinalysis coordinator, food specialist, and human resource sergeant, just to name a few of the many jobs she held. Her work of service may have started in the Army, but it's yet to stop or even slow down. Today, Cassandra runs a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping lady veterans from all walks of life and all branches of service. Her organization, Top Flight Defense Incorporated, educates and advocates for women who have served. She not only has a book dedicated to telling the stories of lady veterans, she's also currently gathering more stories for part two of that same book. So today, I'm naming this episode after her book. And that's why it's titled, Why I Serve. Friend, what is your connection to the service? Give me a background story. Like what? Mm -hmm. I am a 28-year Army veteran. Come on. And are you the uh, first of your your family to be in the military? Or were you following in somebody's footsteps? Um, My dad was a Korean veteran. He was a what veteran? Korean. Korean War. Oh, okay. And um, I have a brother Mm -hmm. that was in Desert Storm, uh, Panama, he served for 12 years. I have a cousin, same thing. I mean, my whole family, my daughter. I have like five or six cousins, Army and Air Force. So no, I'm not the first one. All right. It kind of sounds like, are you the first woman in your family to join the service? Um, yeah, I am. <laughs> I have to think about it. As far as I know, I am the first one. Girl, shut up. Yes. See? Look. Oh. Hadn't even thought about that, but yep. Look, you you set the standard. Uh, You said you had a daughter in the service. She had a woman to look up to, and that woman was you. Yep, and then now my granddaughter wants to join, but she wants to go Air Force, so. All right. (laughs) So if you don't mind, uh, what years were you in the, uh, in the Army? And what was your rank? Okay, I joined in 86. No, 85. No, I'm sorry, 86. And I retired in uh, 2015. Nice. All right. So have you gotten used to a civilian life yet? <laughs> have I gotten used to civilian life? Yeah. Are you still waking up early and doing push-ups? <laughs> No, 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 no. That part, that part, I am so good with. <laughs> I, am so, I am not an early bird. I am not on time to things. Good. Um, I am not folding and rolling. My organizational skills, no, honey. It's like when I got out in 2015, it took me a little bit to detox myself <laughs> from it mm-hmm. but i still have some residual issues from the army but no 
and that's one thing I do miss is the working out and staying in shape. Yeah. 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 I gained 25 pounds. Really? When I got out. Hey, that's called happy weight. 2015 and now. Yeah. Huh? Cassandra, that's just, that's just happy weight. <laughs> oh, girl, yeah. That's feeling free kind of weight. Because had I still been in the military, not only would I have been taped, which I was when I was at 180, uh, but I would have been on the heavy, the obese <laughs> program. The obese soldier program. Oh Lord! <laughs> yeah. Look, hey, that's what happens when you uh, get to the dinner table and you just have a good time. <laughs> uh, yep. I, I, they was like, "Well, are you on the diet?" No, I'm on the sea. Yeah, I'm on a seafood diet. I eat everything to see. Amen. Amen. And I'm <laughs> more of it, please and thank you. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I heard that. All right. After 28 years, I'm sorry, what was your, your rank, if you don't mind? Oh, I'm sorry. I was an E7, Sergeant First Class. A Sergeant First Class. Come on. All right. Now, in the Coast Guard and the Navy, an E7 is a chief, so you're a big deal with all the branches. <laughs> ah, well, good. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm a big deal with somebody. You are. Amen. You are. Amen. Yes. Was the, loving it. I love it for you. Was the Army your first branch of choice? Uh, were you ever considering any other branches? No. I never <laughs> considered anything else. The Army is the only, the only branch there is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Okay, I'm sorry. You know, it's a very strong branch. I, y'all got a lot of commercials. I see why you would think that. Like, you can yeah. you can easily see an army commercial. You cannot easily see a Coast Guard commercial. So you might be right. Y'all might be it. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, when you tell somebody you were in the military, the first thing they say the first thing is army. Yes, yes, you they are right. Mm-hmm. But you know, all branches to be you know fair and to be honest, all branches play a major role in the safety and security of our nation. That's right. Um, That's right. But between branches, you know, we got a joke. If I see somebody in the Air Force, I say, yeah, you flew in while we marched. Uh, Coast Guard, I said, Coast Guard and Navy, I tell them they sailed in while we marched. The Marines, we pretty much leave them alone. Right. (laughs) Cassandra, how do you feel about your time in uniform? Does any particular time period stand out to you? I love my time. Did you? Um, I, I really did. The last three years was not so good. Um, there was some things that <laughs> that causes flashbacks for me right now. But if I could have done maybe 35 years, 30 or 35 years. Wow. I wasn't ready to get out in 2015. I really wasn't. I always say that God sees before us. He knows our future. Mm-hmm. And so things come up and things happen that we may not agree with, but it's for a reason. And so when my time ended in 2015, it was time for it to end. You know what I mean? As much as I didn't mm-hmm. want it to end, it was time. Well, all right. 
you had a good time while you were in. Are you yeah. a, all right. I love hearing stuff like that because it's, it's, it's rare. It's rare. It's not often that you hear someone, someone that looks like us say, I had a good time almost the whole time. <laughs> you know what? I will honestly say that my background, my reason for my parents and in the church played a huge part in my optimism, my positivity, and my ability to adapt, to adapt in everything when it came down to the military. I always said, pimp Uncle Sam. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him pimp get you. Get all that you can. Yeah, get all that you can from him. Because when it's time for him to utilize you in whatever area, he's going to do it. So in your downtime from being used by Uncle Sam, mm -hmm. get your education, mm -hmm. uh, get your money, mm -hmm. get your travel, any and everything that you can. I heard that. What job did you have while you were in the uh, in the service? Ooh, girl, I had a bunch of jobs. I know it. Um, when I first <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. As a military person, you have so many jobs. You were you're wearing a lot of hats. Uh, but oh, if, oh yeah. <laughs> but what what were in, a couple of your jobs? What was your primary job? Um, I came in in '85 as a cook. Okay, I um, get I it. Then transitioned over to a hospital food specialist. Okay. And then I went to personnel, HR, uh, UPL, which is uh, Unit Prevention Leader, which is uh, for your analysis. Um, I went to Unit Victims Advocate, to a sexual assault and harassment representative, to an equal opportunity representative. And my, uh, my last job was a trainer. Wow. You did wear a lot of hats. No, the fact that enjoyed you enjoyed every last one of them. Look, I have to throw this one out there. The fact that you were a unit, you say unit prevention specialist, and that fell under the guise of a, I'm sorry, under the umbrella of being a urinalysis coordinator. You were also, yes, you were also a victim's advocate. Those two jobs, oh, it, those two jobs alone. I mentioned I was a suicide prevention leader as well. And you were a suicide prevention leader. Those three jobs then. Those are not single jobs in uh, the Coast Guard. Like people do that as a detail or as an added duty. Like they'll be, what, you said you started off as a cook. So like you would be a cook and you would also be a urinalysis coordinator. Or you just said you did HR, you would do HR, but you would also do a uh, victim's advocate. So the fact that you had those as individual jobs at individual times, that's, that's amazing. The army is well manned. Okay. No, no, no. Then, no? okay, then let me... Let me uh, reiterate. Okay. I was in, I, when I was a cook, I was a cook. Okay. When I was a hospital food specialist, mm -hmm. I was a hospital food specialist. Mm -hmm. When I became an HR, when I became an E5, we had additional duties. And those were our additional duties. Oh, okay. So I was an out human resource sergeant. But in addition to being a human resource sergeant, I was a urinalysis. Okay. Um, Okay. Then I became a unit victims advocate. So the main job was HR. Okay. Okay. But the other the other job after HR was a training NCO, mm -hmm. but it still fell under our HR because there were levels. Um, if you were a forty two Alpha or Lima, they showed there was a chart of the positions that you could hold under that military occupational 
specialty. That's our MOS. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know that. Yeah. And so I made sure that I hit those different additional duties in order to get promoted. And that's how I went from specialist to sergeant to staff sergeant to sergeant first class. And right at the end of my career, I was on the list for master sergeant. And wow. That's, that's where my heartache, that's why I said my last three years mm -hmm. were not my best years for me. Because I was on that list and it was time for me to go. Wow. They wouldn't let you stay long enough to, to make rank? No. Jeez. All right. I see why why the heartache. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because right, that right there, that master sergeant would have taken me to a different level in pay and in position. And yeah. so I still have, I still have moments of bitterness and anger. And I'm working on that. We're human. Right, right. You know? So I'm working on that to try to tame it. Mm -hmm. But every now and then, you know, when <laughs> when you don't have enough money to do what you want to do, you know, you find reasons to get angry. Right. You know what I mean? I, I hear you. No, <laughs> you I get find, it. I get I, it. You, you find reasons and you sit here and, you know, I know for me, when I was in the military, it was just, I loved it because... There were certain things I didn't have to worry about. Didn't have to worry about mortgage. Didn't have to worry about utilities because I stayed on base. Right, and right. And then when I didn't stay on base, I stayed in housing where they, the military will give you enough to pay for that housing. Right, BAH. So, yeah, I mean, it was a good life. Yeah, of you course. You know, we had our 413, you know, our 4, 1, C, 3. We, not 4, 1, C, 3, I'm sorry. Our 401 k oh, really, <laughs> 401k? 401k, there you go. Our 401k, <laughs> we had those. Okay. You know, so it was a lot of, a lot of advantages yeah. of being there and means, means of us saving money and having money if you did what's right. And that's, that's why a lot of times family members would look at, People in the military is, oh, you got money because <laughs> because you're not spending money. Right. We don't have to. We are. Look, how many times have you gotten up while being in the military and had to worry about what you're wearing to work? Never. <laughs> Never. Never. <laughs> you didn't have to go. You didn't have to worry about going out, buying this outfit, buying shoes and all. The only thing that I that I did was my cologne. Mm hmm. And, you know, now, which, which I wish they had it back then, the hair. Okay. I would have been perfect back then. <laughs> you know, the hair. Oh, you, you have no idea how many times I got in trouble because <laughs> my hair wasn't within regulation. Really? Look, you know? So I look back now. That's the story of a black woman in uniform. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, girl, the black woman in the uniform, the uniform not fitting. <laughs> you know, for those of us who have hips or breasts, you know what I'm saying? Yes. We, uniform not fitting. <laughs> and I've grown the 25 pounds that I've gained. Lord have mercy. <laughs> I, somebody had talked to me about, oh, Cassandra, do you still have your class a uniform? And I was like, yeah, why? Oh, well, we want you to put it on. I, I'm not that <laughs> I can, well, first of all, I can't zip it. Okay. <laughs> Secondly, 
Exactly. Secondly, <laughs> I on any given day, my hair can be a different color. Right. Or a different style. And then my fingernails, they're not an inch from the tip of my finger. So I got these long nails, white, sometimes it's white, sometimes it's black, sometimes it's different colors, you know. Uh, uh-uh. So that's why I said God God seen ahead of time. He's like, you know what? Get out of here, let your hair down. <laughs> you know, let Amen. your nails grow. Sleep when you wanna sleep. You know, get up when you wanna get up. Wear that. what you wanna wear. <laughs> Look, I think you will be happy to know that at the very least, the hair regulations have been updated. It's more black woman friendly now. It it could be better still, but it's better than it was in 2015. You can actually have dreadlocks. You can have all kinds of braids. I think the bulk that the maximum allowance has almost doubled. I think it was like an inch or an inch and a half, maybe back in 2015. It's up to at least three inches worth of bulk that you can have now in your hair. So it is. Are there any reps, reparations for those of us that got ridden up? If the army, if the military started doing reparations, Cassandra, they would never stop because they have they've done a lot of wrong in a long time. Yes, a long time doing a lot of wrong. Yes, 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 yes. So no, I don't think reparations. I don't think the military is handing out reparations for uh, anything at all okay. right now. Okay, well, I can wish, though. <laughs> don't stop the dream. <laughs> Cassandra, you dream You dream a beautiful dream, okay? Dream enough for all of us while you're at it. <laughs> you know what? It, 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 it's funny because I just listened to Lisa Nicole. Uh-huh. Have you heard of her? Lisa Nicole. Uh, no. She is a motivated speaker. Okay. And and I'm almost positive that's her name, Lisa Nicole, black female. And is she on she Facebook? From... No, she's I girl, she a millionaire billionaire. <laughs> Google her name and you will see her. Will do. But she has this one motivational speech that she did called Funding My Dream. You have to listen to it. Okay. And when I tell you, had I listened to that Prior to getting out of the military, I'd be okay financially. Oh, okay. That dream, even though, even if you don't know what your dream is, funding a dream is better than, wait a minute, how can I say this? (laughs) Funding a dream that you do not have as yet is better than not funding a dream that you do have. Right on. If that makes any sense. It does. Yeah, it's better to have money than to not. <laughs> so start, yeah, you pre- prepare for your future. <laughs> Hello. So all of that to say, I'm keep, I'm going to keep on dreaming. I heard that. Keep hope alive. Thank you. Please do. I'm with uh-uh. it. <laughs> all right. How do you feel, how do you think your experience could have been improved? Now, I feel like, mm-hmm. at, at, hold on, after, after 28 years, and that started in the 80s, Went through the '90s and ended in 2015. There was room. Yes. There had to have been room for improvement. Oh yeah. Okay. It was. Help me out. Um, How could it have been improved? One, one of the things that could have been improved is my mouth. <laughs> <What>? Cassandra. 
That is that is not the answer I was looking for. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Okay, go I, ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I'm. You don't know me, but you're gonna know. Okay. <laughs> Had I, in a lot of occasions, my mouth got me in trouble. Okay. Because I spoke up when I probably should have either not said anything or found a better way to say it. Now, what were you speaking up for? Were you speaking up for yourself? Were you speaking up on behalf of others? Because these are... I was speaking up on behalf of others. That's a very worthwhile cause. Right. And that was... And and see, that is the truth. Mm -hmm. But there's a part of tact you have to have. Okay. My and had I listened to my drill sergeant, my drill sergeant back in eighty five, eighty six said you have to be able to learn how to cuss somebody out with a smile, and they would never know you cussing them out. Was this a brother? No, it was a woman. Oh, that it was a it was a woman. Was that a sister? And mm-hmm, black black female. Wait, she had... sure said it. Cassandra, hold on just a second. You had a black lady drill sergeant in nineteen eighty six. Baby, let me tell you. Yo! This sister was short. She was probably, <laughs> by me being tall, I'm 5'10". <laughs> she was probably around 5'5", five, 5'6". Five, five, Cassandra, and when I, I am 5'4". Yes. How dare you? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on. on oh, behalf- hold on. <laughs> on behalf of the shorts... I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pause this just so I can go cry right now. <laughs> Look, for those that are vertically challenged, how about that? <laughs> On behalf of the shorts, stop coming up with names for us now. <laughs> Trust me, I got a bunch of vertically challenged friends. Look, Look Cassandra, um, just because you were lucky enough to be a stallion, like not not all of us had that advantage, all right? <laughs> But wait a minute, I have a best friend that stands 6'2". And Jeez. I'm like, I love her height. I'm like, I wish I was taller. You know, nice. but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay for you vertically challenged people. But getting back to my drill sergeant, I will never forget her name is Drill Sergeant Epps. E-P-P-S. E-P-P-S. I wonder if she's related to Mike Epps. <laughs> anyway, I, you know, that's what happens. We we see bright light and we turn away. So I remember her. She was stocky. <laughs> and we we were learning how to shoot. It wasn't the M16. It was the next rifle. And you forgive me because that was in 86, 85, 86. I don't remember all of the type of weapons. But whatever whatever kind it was, it had a kick to it it was it was a huge one bigger than the m16 bigger than m16 okay this woman put it in her at her pelvic area and she shot it and we was like what she said this is how you do it you stand strong if i can do it i know the well y'all gonna well i say that y'all gonna well you can do it and you know had all of us up there like yeah yeah, we got this. <laughs> the first, first little child. It's a little white girl from from ten. No, she was from Florida. 
And I, I loved that little child, but she kept getting recycled because she didn't know her left from her right. You stop it. She got up there. Yeah. <laughs> she was really challenged. But she got up there and just knew she can do it. But the thing about it, we were we hadn't worked out like she had worked out. That child put the head rifle at <laughs> oh. I'm going to do like Jill Sargent S. She put it right there, and when I tell you she fell back, we're so glad it was blanks and it went up in the air. <laughs> this child fell flat on her behind. <laughs> Drill Sergeant Elps was like, all right, PFC Taylor, because at that time I had college background, so I didn't go in as a private. Okay. I went in as a private first class. Right on. You next. Yeah, she was like, you next. And I looked at her and I'm like, me drill sergeant? <laughs> She's like, no, the man standing behind you. Wow. Yeah, get up here. <laughs> and I, nice and polite. I remember what she said about cussing folks out and telling people what you can't do. And I looked at her and I said, drill sergeant, I still want to have kids. And I think that machine is going to not be able to have one. <laughs> when I tell you. She looked at me and she tried her darndest not to laugh. She looked at me and with a smirk smile, but still squint her eyes, she said, to get back in formation. And I got back in formation and she stared at me. Then she called the next one. So then when we got back to the barracks, we standing up there. And so she smoked us, right? Of course. For whatever reason. Then she was like, PFC Taylor. In my office right now. And I was like, oh, she going to get me. So I came in the office. She said, shut my door. So I shut the door. She bust up, started laughing. She said, you know how stupid you are. She said, you real stupid. She said, how you going to sit up here and tell me you still want to have babies? And I was like, I'm only, what was I, 20, 22 years old. I said, I got one at home. And I plan on having more, and that's going to mess me up. She laughed so hard. She said, now, when you go back in there, get back on the bay. She said, I need you to act like I smoked you. I need you to act like I just read you the riot act. I was like, yes, drill sergeant. And she said, and quit being stupid and start laughing. And I walked in there, and I, I played, you know, had my tears in my eyes, of and I'm course. walking back in. And I'm like, man, they was like, did she get you, Taylor? It's like, yeah, she got me, but it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And they was like, oh, man, <laughs> you should have did. You know, we went back and forth on what I should have did. But <clears throat> that was one thing that set out with me. Like I said, my mouth. The second thing that I possibly could have improved, mm -hmm. I, I can't really say. I said my mouth was my downfall. And not that I was perfect in the military, mm -hmm. but I followed the rules. Good, good. Um, yeah. I did job, mm -hmm. but I wasn't a butt kisser. Good. You know what I mean? Good. I wasn't that only person. If I mean, I liked you, I liked you. If I didn't, I stayed my distance. But I didn't have that professional way of kissing the behind. <laughs> If that makes sense. It you know makes what I mean? It makes I wasn't perfect sense. The, I, I wasn't, I'm smiling in their face, and then behind the back, I'm angry, or i uh, talking about them to other people. I, I couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. I just couldn't. I feel you. So you feel like it was your mouth. 
I think we're going to have to uh, say that maybe it was more the way you said things uh, as opposed to what you said. Because once again, you said that you were taking up for people. You were speaking up for people. And that's not something I can disagree with. But if you said that you didn't have tact and that was your biggest thing that you could have been improved. Okay. Yeah. I would say that because one incident that got me in in trouble, we were creating staff duty and my first sergeant did not she didn't want to utilize the tpu soldiers and then one of the soldiers wait what's a tpu soldier uh, no i'm sorry i forgot what the acronym the part-time soldiers the one oh reserve duty uh troop something something it's the ones that come on the weekend oh reserve duty Yeah, reserve duty. Yeah, reserve duty. And so she had wanted to put, that's what it was. She wanted to put this reserve soldier on the list, but they were either going on vacation or coming back on vacation, something like that. And I was like, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. What do you mean that's not fair? I said, because they're coming. And the person was sitting right there with me. And not one time did he take up for me. And I'm fighting for him. Mm. (laughs) And when I tell you, I got so angry Mm -hmm. and she didn't, what she didn't like is that I challenged her. Mm -hmm. It wasn't so, it wasn't even so much of what I said. It was a fact that I challenged her authority when it came down. Now, if I'm the training NCO and you're my first sergeant and I am responsible for putting the staff duty list together, then you and I are supposed to be cohesive right. in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be able to come to grips with the decision, but you're fighting against me and now I'm fighting against you because you're not trusting my judgment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we got, when I tell you, it was a, yeah, she hopped up, slammed a fist down on the table and said, I'm tired of this S-H-I-T. Sugar honey iced tea. She was tired of it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there unbothered. I'm like, okay, what? Right. And from that day forth, everything was challenged. Anything I said. Uh, uh, I'm like, wait a minute. What's and then I even asked, what's wrong? But I guess that's the way I said it was wrong. You know, because that sister, she was a white lady. Of course. And also, she was two years older than me but she looked like she was 30 years older than me <laughs> so you know and, and to be perfectly frank with you we as black women you know the joke black don't crack right all of that right when i tell you not only do we have issues with the men in the military we have issues even with the white women of, in the military. Of course. That was never up for debate. Yeah. You're a hundred percent right. That was that was never a question, Cassandra. Um, I would argue that you may possibly get more uh trouble from them because y'all are this we're the same gender, so now they have more access to us. So now with more access comes more grief. Oh, baby. When I tell you I got grief, I got hell of a grief. Mm-hmm. Do you hear me? And it bothered me so. And I'm like, but what am I doing wrong? If I'm your subordinate, 
mm-hmm. and you're my manager, then you need to put me where I'm supposed to be. And that's in teaching me, not reprimanding me because you don't like the way I look. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I have a bad evaluation, then that's on you. Right, if you're right. putting on here, she doesn't understand or she don't know how to do thus and so. Who taught me? Your mm-hmm. Sergeant Major need to reprimand you because as an E7 and you're my E8 or my E9, if I'm not where I'm supposed to be in my learning, that's on you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You don't, because if my E6, E5, E4 is not doing what they're supposed to do, how am I writing you up? You don't know your job. Right. Well, right are right. you teaching them their job? Right. Do you know that one of the bad bullet points on my NCOER is that the E6 under me did not do her job. I wasn't giving her leadership guidance or something. And I'm mm. like, huh? <laughs> exactly. But the fight, I didn't I didn't have the fight in me. I didn't have the backing from within my unit for me mm-hmm. and so you were fighting by yourself I, yeah yeah oh yeah fighting by myself mm-hmm. and then the people that i showed things to and i told them about it they was like oh no that's wrong that's wrong but they wouldn't fight right they kept quiet right. and that's why i was saying you know with my mouth i wouldn't keep quiet and i see you doing somebody's wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm not gonna keep quiet now, Cassandra, this the situation uh, where you challenged your uh, supervisor because you were taking up for someone else. The person you were taking up for, who did not take up for themselves, sounds like, was it a lady or a gentleman? It was a gentleman. It was a white a... gentleman. Wow. Yep. All right. There you have it. Yep. Huh? There you have it. Yep. You were in white that fight. Gentleman. You were you were in that fight by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You were always going to be fighting by yourself in that, in that scenario. But the, but what I can say, mm-hmm. when I was stationed in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. my family kept saying, you're going where they're prejudiced. You're going with all of these white folks. Do you know that was my best assignment? Was I it? had three master sergeant female white Master Sergeant females mm-hmm. that were my mentor that gave me the tools I needed to succeed when I was there. Oh, you found some allies. Good. You know what I'm saying? Good, good, good. And I, as of today, they are still in my life and motivating me and encouraging me in my nonprofit. The one, then there was one black female master sergeant who became a sergeant major. She was a good person too. I I just think with her, she was one of those, she kept quiet. She did a job, she kept quiet. She didn't raise no funk. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. She didn't yeah. raise no sand. Um, she came to work, did her job she, and went home. Exactly. <laughs> and she made it through the ranks. There you go. She made it through the ranks. She wasn't, she wasn't the, for me, I'm, not loud, loud, but I'm loud. I want to laugh. I'm going to, you know, woo, woo, woo. We're going to have fun. We, You know. You got a personality. And a lot of people, a lot of people don't like that. They don't like my, my joy intimidated a lot of people. My mm-hmm. smiling in the morning intimidated a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But my attitude was, 
I'm happy that I woke up this morning. Get it. I, a bad day on the top side of the soil is better than a good day on the bottom side. Of the or soil. any day on the bottom side. A good day up here any is better than day. any day down there. <laughs> any day. So I wake up and I, I can't stand to see kids in the morning wake up mad. What you mad for? And then that makes me mad. What are you mad for? They mad because you, you woke them up, Sandra. Girl, I, I, that must have been it. I woke them up. <laughs> I woke them up. Get up. And I tell them, get up. Let's eat. Let's go. I heard that. <laughs> okay. Tell me about a time you experienced something, either good or bad, that you know was unique to you because you are a black woman. That was unique to me because I mm-hmm. am a black woman? Yep, something something that happened to you, something you experienced, either good or bad, and it happened to you because you're a black woman. I say good Ooh. or bad because sometimes good things happen just because you're a black woman. Like, it's not, it's not often, but sometimes people are nice because they know as a black woman you're going through a lot. <laughs> you know what? One of the things that I will say is my, um, my general wanted me to follow the Sergeant Major in, like, grooming me, mm-hmm. okay? And I Wait, felt did you say so general? Privileged. As in somebody with yes, a star? Yeah, man, he was, he was our Brigadier General. Come on. All right. And I knew it was because I was black. Glad that it was because I was black. But then the negative part of it, my first sergeant blocked it because I was black. Wow. Why he pick you out of all of these E7s in this unit? And I'm like, wow. Yes. So that was a good and bad. Wait, so you're. So who. My general, my general is, was black. Golly. Yeah. What's his name? Ah, I ain't doing that. Uh, Okay. (laughs) I don't, I don't want to do that. Okay. No, no problem. No problem. Hey, you don't have to. I'm not even going to pry. Um, so a general tried to put you on the path to higher rank and your supervisor blocked it. Yep. Jesus. And this would have made you an E8. Uh, yeah. Well, that was something good and bad that happened because you were a black woman. So you answered both sides of that one. <laughs> yep. Jeez. That's why I flipped the coin and got them both. Wow. Cassandra. When yes. when you brought complaints to your chain of command, do you feel mm-hmm. like you were heard? No. Okay. Okay. No. Was it to a point where you didn't even want to go to your chain of command because you knew that they wouldn't listen? Or did you Yep. Wow. So about how many times would they you were... how many times would you say in your overall career did you stop yourself from from moving a pop a problem upward? Because you felt like it wasn't going to get solved. It wasn't going to, you weren't going to be heard. How many times? Yeah. How many times did you stop yourself? I will say more than I want to acknowledge. And the, the sad part about it, it was all at the same unit. Wow. It was just that one particular unit. Was this uh, around those last three years that you were saying were out? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. In the beginning of your career, when you needed guidance and mentorship, were those resources provided or did you have to seek them out? Um, I had to seek them out. We're talking in the 80s. 
I had to look for. Yeah, I had to look for. They they weren't offering us much of anything. That sounds about right. But also backtracking just a little bit, you at least had Sergeant Epps, and I'm I'm still in awe because you had a black lady drill sergeant in 1986. That is amazing. Actually, it was two of them there. Really? Epps was yes. Epps was mine, and then this little short, little short white guy. <laughs> he he was funny. I'll tell you about him later. And then it was another black female. She was about my height. Okay. We had in our company, I think there were only two black female drill sergeants. Okay. That's more than I would have guessed for the time period. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. So you didn't have got you weren't provided guidance and mentorship in the beginning of your career. Around what time did you eventually find guidance and mentorship? Oh, uh, in the 2000s. Wow. It, um, it took yeah. over a decade and a half? It, it took that long because the women that I ran into in the military, in the reserve side, mm-hmm. wasn't really, they were just there. We were having a good time, collecting a check, doing <laughs> what we were doing. So there wasn't any opportunity. The time that I received the guidance, the guidance from a female and to be a black female was in the 2000s. And I will tell you exactly when it was. And this young lady was an E6 then. She's a retired chief one officer now. Get it. She had a poster on her wall next to her desk. And I, I tell her about this all the time. And she she's like, oh, I forgot all about that. I don't even think she remembers it at all, though. <laughs> there was this poster, and it said, oh, let me get it right. It was a picture of soldiers laying down in their foxhole in uniform, and it was laying down asleep. It captioned, this is what a 70% soldier looked like. Okay. I don't know if any if you understand what that means. Paint, but paint me a picture. Back then. <laughs> huh? Paint me a picture. Help me out. I'ma paint the picture. <laughs> all it takes or all it took to pass your APFT, your army fitness, physical fitness test, is seventy percent. No matter whatever your age is, say I am thirty years old and all I needed to to do to pass the PT test was five push-ups, and I'm just throwing some numbers out there. Okay. And sit-ups, all I needed was 30. Um, and then to run the two-mile, all I needed was to do it in 10 minutes. And I did just that. I may have had the energy to do more, but I'm just a 70% soldier. And I apologize. They weren't asleep. They were dead. Oh, okay. My, my apologies. All right. Well, my apologies they weren't asleep they were dead gotcha and i looked at it and that was so impactful to me and what i made a vow to myself was after each event or each apft i would increase something if, it, if not by one push-up or one sit-up or a knockoff some seconds that's what I'm doing because I didn't want I didn't want to be that seventy percent soldier. So 
the when I first seen it, I was that seventy percent. I was like, well, all I gotta do is ten push-ups, and that's all I got in me. <laughs> and I seen that post, and I was like, no. So the next time we had our APFT, I increased my push-ups by two. Get it? I increased my push-ups by five. Knocking down the minutes, that was a little bit harder because I'm not a runner. I'm, I'm heavy. My top side is a little heavy. Not real heavy, but it's heavy enough where it was a load. You're built so like a I black lady. <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't knock it down that much, but I knocked it down. And I showed her. I was like, look. And she said, all right, all right. I went from a 70% soldier to 72. Then I went to a 75 then I went to 80 and I halted at 80 because my body started breaking down because I was pushing the limit. I was exercising beyond the threshold of what my body was capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And I ripped my rotator cuff in my shoulder. Oh, wow. And then the fibroids, my ovarian fibroids. Oh, wow. They got a hold of and so I couldn't do those things. So now I got to walk because now my knee is messed up. But what I did instead of the first time finishing two and a half mile walk in 33 minutes, I did it in 31. Get it. Okay, next time it'll be 30. All right. So you keep knocking them off. Keep knocking them off. Don't just settle for the standard. If you're going to set a standard, set a high standard and reach for it. I heard that. Congratulations on not being a 70% soldier. And thank you for yeah. clearing up that poster because I I kind of didn't see anything wrong with them sleeping. But now that I know that that wasn't sleep. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was them dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all good. If you could, if you don't mind clearing up one thing, you said that you worked with a lot of our reservists. You were in active duty though, right? I was AGR is active guard reserve. Okay. So it's, it's a mixture of being active. Mm -hmm. You're on active duty. Yes. But you come in like, like the reserve soldiers, when they go in at one weekend out of a month, mm -hmm. we as AGR soldiers had to come in and work as well. Okay. But the active duty part of us, we work day through Friday. Oh, so you were just working all around the clock. All around the clock. Okay. And then that one weekend, we had that long weekend. Lord. Where we worked Monday through Sunday. <clears throat> and depending on, and excuse me, and depending on your first sergeant or your commander, they would either give you that Monday off or let, allow you to have another day off if you worked the drill weekend or the battle assembly weekend. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Oh, and you used one uh, term earlier that I find hilarious. Uh, <laughs> so when you say you went to your uh, drill sergeant's office and got smoked, <laughs> you just got yelled at real good. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you got lit up. Sometimes when they, when they smoke you, though, yeah. when they smoke you, you, yeah. Get down, give me some push-ups. Okay. Get up, get down, get up, get down, get up. One day, I know, talking about being smoked, one day, I never forget, we got smoked. Oh, and Lord. it was in the rain. Oh, no. We had to run up the hill 
rolled back down the hill, do push-ups. Oh, my God. Run up the hill, roll back down the hill, do push-ups. We did that about 10 times. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. And 10 times wasn't nothing. Because then when we get back to the barracks in the Bay Area, then she dropped everybody. And when I say dropped, made everybody do push-ups. But me being the slickster that I am, <laughs> once she walked past me, I stopped pushing up. Of course. <laughs> Why am I going to keep on going and she don't even see me? <laughs> of course. Come on now. You right. Work with a sister. You Work right. with me. <laughs> now, when I was in boot camp, uh, we called it um, getting beat. <laughs> That's it. We just got beat. Uh <laughs> And that was that was what we would call our our uh, push ups and extra set ups and flutter kicks and all that jazz. Oh yeah, ooh them flutter kicks! I don't even want to talk about the flutter kicks. <laughs> but I would have a flatter stomach right now had I stayed doing those flutter kicks. <laughs> Look, you've been enjoying your time off, and I feel like having a good time in your time off does not include flutter kicks. So you have nothing to be sorry about. <laughs> Oh, okay. Thank you. For sure. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Have you been able to make friends with other black lady veterans? Were you able to make friends with other black lady veterans? And were you purposeful about building your village? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, um, I actually participated in Miss Veteran America. Have you heard of that? I have not. Help me out. Oh my goodness. Miss Veteran, Veteran America is a competition of women veterans and some women that are still active duty mm-hmm. that go out and advocate and how can I say this, be ambassadors for women veterans that are homeless and their children. Okay. So we would raise funds and do events to show the uh, of women veterans that are homeless and have children. Um, the founder is Jazz Booth. She has um, her nonprofit organization is Final Salute. You said and Jazz Final Booth Salute is the, the big sister, and then she created um, this Veteran America, and that way we have our tribe. Hey. I competed in 2016, 2017, and I am still close friends with the women that I competed with. I love it. But uh, call out these sisters' names yeah. again so uh, we can give them some love on this on this show. We said one of them was named Jazz um, Booth? Yeah, oh, yes. Jazz Booth. Jazz Booth. And who was the other one? Oh, no, no, no. Jazz Booth is the one who... Um, she's... Final Salute and Miss Veteran America is her babies. This is hers. Okay, okay. Um, and another, this... another black female that you can call upon is Leslie Latif... Lattimore Lorefields. She competed with me in 2017. She is a phenomenal woman. Love it. Phenomenal. Love it. Love it. She is a lieutenant colonel with 12 children and she's married. Jesus. And she is active duty. Wow. This yes. Her, her, wow. Did you say 12 children? 12. 11 of them came up out of her. No twins. Wow. Hey, yeah. salute to this lady. Hey, good for her. I hope she's getting enough sleep at night. <laughs> okay. Girl, I couldn't do it. I don't see how she did it, but hey, 
<laughs> All right, Cassandra, tell me a war story. Tell me about a time that you were tested, but you came out on top. Make yourself the hero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Come on. Okay, let, look, let, let me think. <laughs> let me make myself this hero. Look, you made, you made it to E7. Some, there's a hero story in there somewhere. There's a good war story in there. I'm trying. I'm trying to think my war story. Oh, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I don't really have because I, I try as humble as possible, and the things that I did to help others mm-hmm. for me is my war story. Okay. Um, I received the. Let me get this right. It is the. Um, I'm trying. You know what? And then when we hang up, I'll be like, oh, I should have told her that story. (laughs) (laughs) A a war story. Oh, my God. You know, we we can come back to it. I don't want to. Yeah, let's let's come back to it. I I need to really think about that because I. Yeah, Yeah. let's come back. Not a problem. Um, Since we're not on the subject at all, I did just realize that you were in the army during Desert Storm, uh, Desert Shield and Operation Iraqi Freedom, and Operation New Dawn. Did you serve in any of those combats? I did not. um, My entire 28 years, Mm -hmm. I never stepped foot on foreign soil. Wow. And also, good for you. Good. Yes. That's why I say God always sees ahead of time. He sees ahead of us. There may have been some things that I would have seen mm-hmm. that would have taken me to a different mental space. And or I could have been one who have gotten caught up in a crossfire. Well, I'm glad you stayed safe the whole 28. Do you feel that the way that you were treated improved with rank? You made it to E7. You started off as a private first class. Am I right? Yes. Okay. Yes. What rank is a private first class? I'm sorry. E3. Okay. So you went from E3 to E7. Do you feel that the way that you were treated improved with rank? And, I'm sorry, there's also a follow-up. And do you feel that that improvement would have happened sooner had you been a different race and gender? If the answer is yes. I think had I been a different race and gender, I would have probably been a sergeant major in those 28 years. Getting, if I'm understanding you correctly, getting promoted, if it changed me. No, did it change the way people treated you? Kind of, sort of. Okay. I can't say that they expected more out of me. Okay. As I got up in rank, they expected more out of me, yes. Okay. Since we're back on the subject, you were denied the promotion of Sergeant Major, which would have made you an E8. And it sounds like you were denied that promotion just flat out because of racism. What was the excuse that this person gave for denying you the uh, the promotion? Now, you okay, and I both... So, okay, go ahead. Sergeant Major is an E9. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Master Sergeant is Master Sergeant. All right. How can I say this? What she had control over was my evaluation. Mm-hmm. And that's how she utilized that against me. So with her creating a bad evaluation, 
that looked bad on me for promotion. But my name made the list for promotion. But at that time, that's when they were doing what they call a QMP, qualitative measurement program, Mm -hmm. management program, something like that. And so if you have a bad evaluation or you failed a class or any of that stuff, you got reprimanded for it. I completed every last required class it was to get promoted. The the military school, all of those, I completed it. Mm -hmm. Only thing I had to do was just go before the board. I had the civilian education and the military education. That one evaluation is what messed me up. But because her and the Sergeant Major were in cahoots Mm -hmm. and the commander, which was a brother, but I'm going to say less about him. I keep them thoughts when we're not on air. Um, I mean, you can air it out now. Yeah, I'm, I'll am i edit it out if you want me to. I, I'll leave it in if you want me to. Speak freely. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the best of company. <laughs> yeah, he was one of those that's in the house. Uh, if you understand what I'm talking about. Oh, was he a Clarence Thomas type? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yes. So, there was no... You know how... Yeah, I've met people people like him before, yeah. (laughs) White people and Hispanics look out for each other. They're gonna... I'm gonna look out for mine. I'm gonna make sure you... We don't do that. Not the Clarence Thomas types. Mm -mm. No, we don't do that. And the sad part about it is the white folks and Hispanics be looking at us to make sure that we don't. Right. That's exactly right. You know what I mean? Because yes. everybody talk about, oh, President Obama didn't do anything for black people. He did what he could with his hands tied by the white folks that was in office. Mm. That's mm. my personal opinion. And I can't stand to hear people say that Pope 45 did more for us. President that is a Obama. fantasy brought on by ignorance. <laughs> that is the most ludicrous thing to say. Yes. And I just, so he fell in that line. So the powers that be mm-hmm. was not fighting for me. The general couldn't even fight for me. Wow. He tried to fight for me, but I didn't know that they had something on him. Wow. Okay. But once again, God knew what I did. And since I've been out, I've been able to get my nonprofit organization up and running i still need help still trying to get grants uh get people to write grants get funding sponsors donors i was able to be there to bury my father appropriately Mm -hmm. i was able to help um my daughter financially good 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 with her kids right on and i was able to do things with my son so yeah right on let me ask you this. Yes. Your evaluation process, was there any is was there any process in play? Any way you could have fought that? Was there any way that you could have argued it? Um I'm used to the I'm used to the Coast Guard and in the Coast Guard if you don't agree with your evaluation, you can argue your evaluation and you can argue it all the way up to you would call them a general, we call it an admiral. So, we can a- argue ours all the way up to a star. And then if the star 
it, it's left up to the uh, the star whether they get changed or not. Are you able to do that? Yeah. Were you able to do that? I fought it, but by, when I was in the process of fighting it, they had already sent it up to HRC. Okay. And so when it got there, the general did his investigation. The colonel, the Fulberg colonel, mm-hmm. had said, this evaluation does not represent who this soldier is. You need to redo it. Okay. HRC said no. They wow. wouldn't do it. Wow. Yep. Right. But once again, what what do I always say? God had something else for you? Yes, ma'am. I heard that. He had something else for me. And that's the only thing that's keeping me, what I want to say, if I would say sane. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing that's keeping me from being angry every single day. Yeah, yeah. That's understandable. Well, oh, here we go. Has there ever been a situation you were in where another sister helped you out? Or a situation where you you were able to help out another sister? No. No? Okay. No. Let me ask you this. How often, how many uh, stations were you the only black person or at least black lady in your office? When I was in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. there was um, I was in three different units there. And um, when I was a personnel sergeant, I was the only black female. Um, not in the whole unit, but in that section. Yeah. Then I moved over, still as a personnel sergeant, to another unit. I was the only black female in that building and in that local unit. And then the last um, unit I went to there, same thing, the only black female in the local unit. But then when we had the reservists coming in from other, you know, other cities and states, they were still a part of the unit. Mm-hmm. Then there were black women. But right there on Fort McCoy at the unit, no, I was the only black female. Okay. At my third, at that third unit there in Fort McCoy. So is it fair to say that the reason, or one of the reasons that there was never a situation where a sister helped you out or where you helped out another sister is because you simply were not exposed to a lot of other black ladies. In many yeah. situations, you were always the only black person or black woman in your office. Yep. Okay. And when I, my last unit here, when I say the opportunity for a black woman to help. She did Clarence Thomas. Wow. I'm really sorry to hear that. It, it's always like a little bit heartbreaking when it's someone that looks like us. Or <laughs> a little more heartbreaking. Yep. Oh, man. And that's why I said that there, there wasn't any. Because the times that I actually needed my sisters there mm-hmm. to back me and and fight for me and you know say hey this is not right this is what we're gonna do they got quiet there was no fight for me wait when you say they got quiet did they get quiet and go against you as as in to help your opposition or did they get quiet no. and say <laughs> nothing at all they got quiet and said nothing at all oh so they were just uh protecting themselves Sounds like. Yes. All right. So they were staying out of it, keeping their heads low, uh, 
minding their own business and trying not to get caught on, caught on the crossfires, which, right. I, which I don't love, which, which I yeah. don't love, but also I understand on some level. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't like it when we you don't know, take up for each other, but fight. I, I understand why it sometimes is that way. Yeah. It's like, it's not their fight. You know, their career, they don't want to draw attention to them yeah. where it could cause a backfire on them and their career. Okay. So I get it. Yeah. I get it, but I hate that that's, when, that's a situation that we're often in as well. Yep. We're in that situation, I would say, more than I want to acknowledge. Understandable. Very understandable. All right. Tell me something you wish you had known before joining the service. What I wish I had known? Mm-hmm. Not much. I mean, <laughs> the military. I'm serious. The military, I enjoyed it. I love that. It's I love that for the, you. It's just the last, like I said, the last couple of years. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, maybe, once again, maybe my mouth, learning to keep my mouth shut sometimes. <laughs> Not having or feel like I have to defend everything all the time. Sometimes you just walk away and shake your head. You know what I mean? And I think that's what I needed to learn how to do, and I never did. I don't know how to just be quiet and walk away. And and that's I why you have a nonprofit, because you can't just be quiet and walk away. You still have to advocate for people that are uh, less fortunate you, than you and need your help. So that's actually, Cassandra, that's not a bad thing. You, did, you had the right attitude. It was just met with racism and adversity. Speaking up for people is never a bad thing. Uh, speaking up for yourself is also not a bad thing. It's just terrible the way that it was met that's it like you you were fine the people around you were not no they weren't they weren't all right now if you can tell me about a time you learned a lesson that you may not have been ready to learn <laughs> that i learned a lesson that i may not have been ready to learn mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes situations come uh -huh. up and they are learning they are learning opportunities but you're not always prepared for it. <laughs> that just because we wear the same color don't mean we're on the same team. Okay. Now, are you talking about uh, your battle buddies? Uh, being a black woman. Okay, so I was about to say, are you talking about the army in general, like your fellow soldiers, or specifically black women? Black women. And at that time that I am speaking of is being in the military. There was a situation where I was in charge of soldiers um, putting together an event for soldiers coming back home from our unit. Okay. And I was able to reach out to the mayor, talk to the mayor. Hey, you know, this is what we want to do. Woo, 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 woo. Planned it all, got done, and somebody else, a sister. I wanted to step in and take charge like she did everything. Mm -mm. Um, so then when it was the second round for the next group to come home, I made that same connection, but I was not going to be here 
I, you know, I had leave. I'm, I'm, I'm going on my leave. I had plans, had my flight and everything. Mm-hmm. But I made sure that the mayor knew everything was set up and then I was ready to go. That backfired. Wow. I got a phone call while I was on vacation from my commander and he was upset. And I was like, why? What's wrong? And he read me the riot act. Wow. What I did not do and what somebody else had done. I mean, the whole spiel. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not true. And when I was telling him the truth and behind it, I was like, you can call the mayor, talk to the mayor. And he was like, well, you still shouldn't. But I was on vacation. I planned my vacation way before I knew these soldiers were coming home. So I suppose I canceled my plan. And that was that was another thing. If I can reflect back, mm-hmm. that really bothered me about the military. Okay. And I still believe that all of this has to do with, with the color of our skin. Of course. Yeah. They want us to forget about our family, forget about our health, and put them in what they want us to do first. And I've never been able to do that. Okay. Never. And that has been one of my biggest problems in the military i if i'm sick i'm sick mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not that person that i'm gonna come in to work and i'm hacking up along mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know running back and forth because i'm serving you in this job no good right by doing so i got in trouble i had shoulder surgery rotator cuff mm-hmm. surgery I got in trouble from my first sergeant, the same one that I had the issue with. Oh, boy. Because I was going to therapy. Wow. The nerve. And they had the nerve to put it on my evaluation. And I told the sergeant major, she cannot do this. I'm at therapy. How are you going to say I put myself before my soldiers? Wow. Wow. I do them no good if I can't be here, if I'm not here, if I'm physically unable to take care of you, what good am I doing you? Right. I got a child at home that need me. That's where my main concern is. Oh, when I tell you, <laughs> when I tell you. Also, even when you're not at therapy, returning to work from shoulder surgery, that's still a tedious task because it takes a while to recover from that. Like, even when you're yeah. not in therapy, you still need help. You're still in pain. You're still hurting. This is not an easy no, surgery I, to bounce back from. Not You couldn't tell them that. And my, my doctors had it written down. She is going to take her not six weeks, but six months to recover. From, she, I had a complete tear mm. in my rotator cuff. Complete mm. tear. And at that age, I think I was a little over 50. Wow. And it was like, no. Wow. So I, I I know that my color and my gender had a lot, a lot to do with what happened to me in the military. That particular situation, it just made your race and gender made them unsympathetic to your physical ailment. If that had been anybody else, they would have gotten the time they needed. 
they would have gotten the therapy they needed and they would have gotten a spark, whatever evaluation they actually earned without their physical ailment being brought into account for it and into accountability. Wow. Do you feel that you are a better leader than the ones you grew under? Oh yeah. (laughs) I was hoping the answer would be yes. (laughs) Yes. Indeed. Without a doubt. It sounds like you were. You once again, you said that you speak up for your soldiers. I love that in a leader. I love a leader that will speak up. Uh take up for the people below them that they're supposed to be taking care of. I adore that. So you say you were a better leader than the ones you grew under. Do you mind elaborating on that just a little bit? What I mean by that is I know how to talk to people mm-hmm. um, without being demeaning. I'm empathetic. Is that the word, right word? Empathetic, sympathetic. I don't know the difference yes. between the meanings of those words. So you was I'm, probably right. I, I would say <laughs> I am both of them when it comes down to people and their issues that come up. Because you have to be sympathetic to a certain degree. And you have to show empathy to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, running my nonprofit, I tell my board members all the time, life is happening to everyone. You just have to figure out how to deal with it. That's it. I heard that. We have to figure out how to deal with life happening to us and not making it as an excuse. I sent my board members this message. There's this app called Crafto. And when you click on it and it it gives you affirmations, the good mornings, the uh, good nights, the happy birthdays and all of this stuff. And there was this one that I sent to my team. It says less excuses, more results, less distractions, (laughs) more focus, less me, more we. And I look at how my leaders did me. And if it's something that you don't understand, if it's something that I mailed or emailed to you and you say, Cassandra, blah, 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 blah. We, what time are we going to the thing tomorrow or whatever? And instead of me directing you back to the email in an abrupt way, I would tell you the time and then I say, but check your email for the rest of it. <laughs> and to me, that's simple. I've had leaders, you don't check your email? Oh, well, I already sent it to you. Okay, I got it. But do you know how many emails I've gotten since you <laughs> sent that to me yesterday morning? <laughs> but you can't say that to them. Right. You just have to say, okay, or yes, for sergeant, or okay, sir, yes, ma'am. And then you go look at through all of the email from the time. And don't ask them, when did they send it? Because then you're going to have a whole nother thing to go. Thank you. Thank you for being better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to. I had to because had to do it to I them. know how they made me feel. And I didn't want anyone else to feel that way. I heard that. I heard that. Are there any sisters in service? that inspire you and they could still be in, they can be out, they could be, are there any black lady veterans that inspire you? Are there any black women veterans that have inspired me? Yeah. Any sisters in service? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. 
Come on. All right. Jazz, Jazz Booth is a big one. <laughs> I'm serious. I love it. she was homeless. Wow. She lost her everything in the Katrina hurricane. 2005. I remember that. Yes. And then, and then look at her now. What she has accomplished. I love that lady. Right. I, I look up to her and what she has done, what she has accomplished, and what she continues to do. I admire Mitzi Hinton. Mitzi Sorry, Hinton. Major. Mitzi Hinton. That's the same one that I mentioned that was quiet. <laughs> she was one of them low-key sisters. She got it done. She may not have liked what you said and did, <laughs> but she kept it to herself, and she moved on. She moved up the rank, and she's still that type of person, still that quiet you know, I call it a quiet storm. <laughs> I admire Lieutenant Colonel Leslie Lattimore Lawfield. She's a mover and shaker. Love it. Twelve Love kids, it. and there's no way in the world. Twelve? <laughs> Mary? Active duty colonel? Lieutenant Colonel? Lord. She got it. I admire Lieutenant Colonel retired Kim Davis. Kim Davis, come on. And yes, and the things that she's doing, what she's overcoming as a woman. There are so many black women in service. Yvette Jones mm-hmm. with her vet mentor. You know, there's so we do so much and don't get the recognition that we should. You're because right. a lot of people think that this is what we're supposed to do. Right. So <laughs> they won't give us the help that we need. Mm. I've told, I had to tell this one lady that wanted to help me, this older white lady that, you know, was giving me pointers on going to different organizations and asking for help. I had to come out and tell her. And I turned my hand around and I rubbed the back of my hand. I said, because of this, people won't give it to me as quickly as they will give it to you. Right. And she looked at me and I said, I'm just trying to be honest. I'm being transparent. Because I am black and I am a female, I'm not going to get the things that you would get being a white woman going to ask for help. Right. The women, the black women in business that are doing, that are doing the doggone thing, (laughs) that are fighting to get what they need, I admire them. I have, I have a fight, but my fight is not like that. Um, simply because I have my son who has his disability okay. and to see him, you wouldn't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the struggle is real. So not only am I trying to keep him healthy and him going, I'm working on myself. And then now I have my elder brother that has issues mm-hmm. that I'm trying to help him with. And then I have three other siblings that we're not seeing eye to eye that I'm having issues with. So we don't know the behind the scene issue mm-hmm. that we as black women endure. Right. And I wish that if we stop and think about those issues, that we wouldn't be our worst enemy. Mm. Because just like what I'm having to go through, with my son, my job, my family, my personal life, my lack of love life, and look at another black woman and say, she might be going through the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
So ease up on her. Mm -hmm. So what you see on my Facebook page is not always what I'm really going through. It may not even be how I, I, I'm going to always look like I'm happy on Facebook, Mm -hmm. on Twitter and Mm -hmm. on Instagram. I'm going to always look, I get like, I got everything in order when I don't, I'm a mess, (laughs) but I can't show you I'm a mess. Because we have vultures out there. Right. If I show you I'm a mess, you not you per se. Right, right. But you in general would harp on it and will try to bring me down mm-hmm. simply because you don't think there's enough room at the top for all of us. Right. You don't think that there's enough money in the bank for all of us. The president just gave Ukraine, will approve... Ukraine, $325 million. Wow. But they're ready to stop the military from being getting paid. (laughs) Come on. Priorities. Come on. We got to stop. We got to stop beating ourselves up, beating one another up and saying, sister, how can I help you get there? I'm up here already. Come on. Girl, Mm -hmm. look at the view up here. Give me your hand. (laughs) I'm going to show you. Exactly. If I got to write some things for you, this, and I've done that with a young lady. I said, this is my paperwork that I did for my nonprofit. I don't want nobody to have to go through this. So do you, I can block out some security numbers and maybe <laughs> dollars, but this is the paperwork that you need. Look at you helping This is what you out. have to do. Come on. I'm oh ready. yeah. And thank you for that. And I, oh, you're welcome. That's what's in me. Um, I see it. (laughs) And I realize and I understand that not everybody's going to have the same heart that I have. But guess what? My pathway to heaven or hell is not going to be based on you. It's going (laughs) to be based on me and what I do. Well, I'm going to hope you stay out of hell. All right. (laughs) Thank you, please. Please. No problem. Girl, they be trying to take a sister there. And I'm like, "Mm mm-mm, not today, Satan. Not today. Not today. Not today. Not today. Uh-uh. <laughs> All right. Let's say you were just starting your life out on your own and you were presented with the chance to join the service for the first time. Knowing what you know now, would you still join? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, all right. All right. <laughs> yep. Nothing would have stopped me from joining again. Okay. It was the best experience. It taught me discipline. It taught me camaraderie. It taught me to never give up, even when you want to give up. That there are certain things that you do in life that people are dependent on you. Their lives depend on it. Pay attention to detail. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was the best experience I could have ever had joining the military. All right. Oh, and it also taught you how to fire off a weapon without falling completely backwards. <laughs> Hello. yes indeed (laughs) alright now the next question is if you had a daughter but I know you actually do have a daughter if you had a daughter or any young impressionable black girl in your life that you cared about and she was considering joining the military would you try to talk her out of joining I kind of think I already know the answer to this one given how how this conversation's (laughs) gone (laughs) you have to ask the question anyway (laughs) It's, it's a part of, it's not, a part of it. So yeah, I, I, have to... not, I would not talk her out of it. My daughter, actually, 
We have our my nonprofit, Top Flight Defense Incorporated, mm-hmm. um, just released in March our first book, Come Why on. I Serve. Yep, I know it. I, I saw August, the trailer. There you go. I love and, it. And in August, we released our first documentary from that book. Okay. Um, talking to 12 amazing women that are in that book. I'm working on trying to see how can I get it uh, either on the big screen or to TBS or to Life Channel. I need to get it somewhere so people can see it. Yes, you do. I agree. Let me know how I can help. And that, huh? Let me know how I can help. Any I'm, way that you can. I don't know how you can I'm, help. I'm here for if it. Like, any way I can step in and do anything, you let me know. I'm here for it. 100%. Okay. Okay, well, we're going to talk about that because I need to figure out how to get it out there. Right on. But my daughter, she's one of the ladies that we interviewed for the um, documentary. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things she said, without telling my story, why I serve is because of you, mama. Aww. You were my biggest influencer. And I, you know, I smiled. I was like, oh, <laughs> and now to hear my 16 year old granddaughter, <laughs> I have four granddaughters and out of the four, she's the only one that said she wants to join the military, but she want to go air force. Okay. And I, I chuckled <laughs> and I did not ask her why. <laughs> and the reason I didn't ask her why, because I don't want to confuse her or discourage her. Okay. Okay. I told her this will be the best move you ever made. Right. College, money, exploring the world and getting away. Best thing you could have ever done. And also, prettier uniforms than the army. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe your grandbaby didn't want to walk around looking looking green all day. <laughs> yeah, I guess you about right. You about right. You about right. She just, she. I think it was the uniforms for her. <laughs> hey, what? Uh, I don't. I don't think I've told you this, but I'm also prior service Air Force. <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> no, you didn't tell me. <laughs> no. Hey, look, after nine years of active duty in the Coast Guard, I feel like I got enough uh, street cred just with that. I didn't know I had to add anything else in. <laughs> okay. Now, now you know. So, yeah, prettier uniforms. That's it. That's why your grandbaby wants to be in the Air Force. Also, the food yeah. is pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. The food is much better than Army. But then again... I was a food service sergeant, so I won't say that. Okay. Well, right on. Yeah. You got to take up for your profession. I feel that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Recruitment and retention is down across all the branches and with all the demographics. Black women are not excluded from that. This was true even before the pandemic. Why do you think black women are so disinterested in joining the military? With the high rate that we're hearing now of the sexual assault Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and not being protected Mm -hmm, by mm -hmm. our men. Mm -hmm. It's always said it's a man's world. Mm -hmm. The army, the military, it's a man's ring. Mm -hmm. And if we're not feeling protected by our black men here in the civilian world, we can only imagine what they'll do to us being in the service. Mm. That's my 
my opinion of it. They, I think you might be onto something. It's not. It's not glamorized, right? Either, you know. You they always, you know, and I think that may be part of why they change this hair stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that could that could be it because you know we gotta be cute. Oh, you know, <laughs> you know, pulling our hair back in a ponytail in a bun, you know, and and especially if the texture of some of our hair, it ain't gonna work. Pulling it back in a, no, that ain't gonna work. We right. gonna get kinks and, you know, it's just a lot of physical deterrence for black women to go in. It's nothing glamorous about joining the military, or so they think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're not, um, we're not being taught the things that we could accomplish. We're not taught the places we can go in order to, if we become or uh, join the military. Okay. So with that, it's like why. It's not being glamorized. I, I mean, I wish I could go to a college or a high school. Mm-hmm. I've talked to in grammar school <laughs> uh, to the young ladies <laughs> to tell them to give them a better understanding of joining the military. But I understand it's not for everybody. I get that. But the benefits can be for us. Sad truth: the black women that are being killed mm-hmm. while in uniform, um, while in country, being yeah. raped. Yeah. And those cases um, are going unsolved or just really yeah. swept under the rug for the most part. Yeah. We'll hear about unsolved. them, but there is, nobody's doing anything about it. It'll be a full-on murder case and no arrests have been made. No one's even looking to, ar- to arrest someone. You're right. All right. At this point, I have asked you over a dozen, about a dozen and a half questions, but I don't think, (laughs) (laughs) but I don't think I covered it all, Cassandra. I mean, you've got a story on you. (laughs) However, or so, if you were conducting this interview from where I am, what question would you have asked you that I did not ask you? You asked me, did I enjoy it? You asked me, would I refer it? What question? Oh, you know what, Cassandra? I didn't ask you your favorite Beyonce song. Oh! <laughs> My favorite Beyonce song. Yeah, I mean, I know you have one. Who run? Girl. Come on. It's. You can't. You can't. Wait a minute. <laughs> Break My Soul. Oh, Break come on. Soul. All yeah, right. That one. That one. Yeah. There's two of them. That one. That's Renaissance. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I just, I was just about to say it. And I forgot it. Just that quick. Because I'm not a big Beyonce fan. Don't say that. Um, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I'm really not. Okay, so you like Break My Soul. That, yeah, Break My Soul. <laughs> and who run, who. Uh, who run uh, the world? Running, Girls. Yeah, we run the world. We yes. run the world. Indeed. I love it. I love it. And you asked me about a war story, and I honestly, 
I, I really and truly don't have a war story where I can tell you I, other than the fact of me losing my dad while I was in the military. Okay. But I lost him on September 1st, and I was done with the military by November 1st. Wow. So, yeah. And my other thing I, w- I would acknowledge is what I went through with my first sergeant. And I can say now that I came on top after everything that I went through. I came on top because I have people reaching out to me based off with my website being out there that I didn't even know. Do you know the contestant department on Jeopardy reached out to me? Wow. Huh? Wait. I'm like, what? For, hold so on. When? For what? How did that conversation go? Okay, so the conversation went like this. Hello, Miss Taylor. Mm-hmm. We are looking to bring more veterans into Jeopardy as contestants. Do you have any veterans that will be interested in being a contestant on Jeopardy? And I was like, how did you come up with my name? <laughs> Top flight. She said they saw my, they were looking for a veteran organization and my organization came up. Wow. Wow. Go figure. Go figure. That's phenomenal. <laughs> Jeopardy. <laughs> so you suggested a few veterans that could be on the show or were you actually on the show? No, I didn't. This, it just came um, this week. Oh, wow. This is very fresh. Okay. Yes. And I put it on my page um, and I just say, hey, if you want to do it, click on the link, do the test. And when you fill out the form, if they ask you who referred you, mention Top Flight Defense Incorporated. Right on. I'll send it to you. Please do. I'll tag you in. I would love that. Please do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The final question is, is there anything you would like to leave our audience with? I would go so, I want to add on to that. Is there anything you would like to leave our audience with? But also, could you tell us more about your nonprofit? Tell us more about Top Flight. Like, go off. Give me all you got. <laughs> okay. So, Top Flight Defense Incorporated is a nonprofit organization created by a woman veteran for all women. We focus on the overall health and mental wellness of women and the women in our country. What we've done, we've partnered with Social Security Administration, where they come on the fourth Wednesday of every month and talk anything Social Security. We think that because, oh, I'm not, I'm not at the retirement age, I'm only 30 or I'm only 20, that you don't need to hear anything about Social Security. Or... Oh, I'm in my 70s. I'm receiving my Social Security check. I don't need to hear anything. Do you know how laws and everything are changing? Mm, Social Security talked to you about creating your Social Security account so that you can ensure that what you are receiving or what your income was two years ago was the correct one. So when it's time for you to retire, you will know your stuff is updated. That was one thing. Bino Harris Bank, they come on the second Tuesday of every month to talk anything banking. Whether you bank with them or not, they're telling you about mortgages, refinancing, financing a car, 
modification, anything, budgeting. We are in the process, and we keep changing our dates of doing a budgeting seminar where BMO Harris is going to conduct it. They are sending out, they will send out pamphlets. So even if you're in another state, you can still participate via Zoom. Okay. We just haven't gotten a date in a place. Where are these meetings taking place physically? Yeah, physically, where are they're they taking on, place? They're on Zoom. Okay, the, it's all Zoom. Okay. On Zoom. Right, because we don't have a brick and mortar. And even when God decides to bless us with a brick and mortar, mm-hmm. I'm going to still conduct it via Zoom because I have viewers in different states. Right, right, right. Yeah. We have newsletters that's out, and we discuss whatever the awareness is for that month. Our newsletter will cover it. We have like two pages talking like polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm-hmm. PCOS. Yes. yes, PCOS. That was in August. Our newsletter had three pages talking about it, where it's um, where you can get help at the signs, the symptoms, the treatment. All of that was on there. We have providers that will come on and do a class via Zoom on whatever awareness that we have. We can call and say, hey, can you come? Because Rush University Medical Center, where I work, comes on in February because that's the American Heart Association Awareness Month. The top cardiologist Mm -hmm. at Rush comes on and conduct the class. If you go onto our YouTube channel, just by Googling Top Flight Defense Incorporated, you will see all of these classes that we've had conducted on our YouTube channel because we don't want you to miss out on anything. Right on. Love that. We are always looking for new women, Mm -hmm. new veterans to come in to share their story about why they served. Because I'm working on book two and getting ready to have a cutoff so I can then um, look for women for book three. Now, you're looking for all Uh uh, women veterans, right? Doesn't matter if they're active duty, reserve, uh, retired, just all women veterans, right? Right. It does not matter. If they're still in, you can still tell us what made you decide to join. Exactly. The first book has... One Coast Guard, <laughs> one, she was 96 years old. This young lady just made 100. One Coast Guard. We're looking for more. Of co- after this, I, We're looking for more. I'm expecting you to have more after this interview. Yes, I, I would hope and pray that <laughs> I do. And the reason, the reason, oh, so let me... So let me explain. The reason why I started that is because it's more of a recruiting booklet okay. um, to show young women that what you may think is a stupid reason or not a good reason to join mm-hmm. was somebody else's reason to join. Ten years later, it's like, whoa, that was the reason why I, wow, let me join. <laughs> No matter what branch it is, because we're out of all branches. Right, right, right. Um, We have an event called Let's Talk About Us. That event is every year, the last Saturday in March. And March is Women History Month. So we figure, let's have this event the last Saturday in March so that everyone can mark their calendars to know the last Saturday of March, 2025. (laughs) 
Top Flight Defense is going to have their event. Let's talk about us. We change subjects every single year. Okay. Um, this year was the first year that we did in person and virtual, and it went just fine. First year we did it, it was our pilot, so we just had a motivational speaker, which was jazz. We had a young lady um, that wrote a book, The Porch Series. She was married to a sex addict, and her book talked about how she was able to get out of that marriage and heal from blame herself. We had a retired major general to talk about our mental health. Mm-hmm. The next year, we did Mind, Body, and Soul. It's a three-hour, three to four-hour conference, but we have breakup sessions, and we have Q&As, we have drawings where you can win all kinds of good stuff. So that was the second year. Then the third year, we did Sex, Lies, and Alibi. Okay. Oh, that was a good one. We had a sexologist wow. to talk about the, your sexual being. Mm-hmm. That was really good. Mm-hmm. Then I talked about the lies that women tell each other and ourselves and our mate. And then we had a young lady that was a social worker at a women's health clinic that discussed the alibis that we give for staying in a relationship in an abusive relationship so next year our title is get up get out and do something i heard that thank you cassandra you're welcome wow, you do so, a lot you, you you are a very busy lady you are running a nonprofit and planning years in advance for events uh with with lots of speakers i love this i, I love that you're doing this uh the world is a better place because you exist in it I'm always looking for new speakers for our monthly awareness, mm-hmm. um, for the events that we have. Oh, and every other month, every other year, we do the Wives Serve event, honoring the women that's in the book. The off year we are doing is called a Camouflage Comedy Jam, where <laughs> we have veteran comedians. Okay. And everybody in the audience dress up in their camouflage, and we have a test. <laughs> We have a contest. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Who has on the best camouflage? Oh, Lord. You said veteran comedians? Oh, all oh, that. Yeah. That's great, because I worked with a couple of people that were jokes. Thank you again. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank. Oh, my God. You have dropped so many gems during this interview, Cassandra. This is amazing. You're an amazing lady, and it's, it's an honor to Thank even be able so to much. talk to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Is there anything else you would like to leave our audience with before I cut us out? No, just reach out to me, www.topflightdefenseinc.org, or send me an email, founder at topflightdefenseinc.org. Wait, what was that email address again? Founder Mm -hmm. at top. Flight Defense Inc. org. Uh, yeah. Or is it dot com? No, I don't think we have to put the org. For an email? Yeah, I don't think. Um, yeah, I, yes, you do. Yeah. Top Flight Defense Inc. Yeah, dot org. Wonderful. Um, founder at Top Flight Defense Inc. org. Yes. And I'm going I'm to put that in the. Uh, 
not only the description but also the uh, comment uh, section of this of this interview so everybody can see it in writing and hopefully click on the links and if anybody wants to email you they can they'll have easy access um, and I appreciate this this really means a lot to me I, I'm, I'm here to encourage any and everybody and as I encourage you I encourage myself to just keep on pushing no matter what the circumstances no matter what is brought our way we know the enemy will always try to kill and destroy anything that is good that you're trying to do good for yourself what you're trying to do good for the community you will always have someone or something that will try to discourage you don't let that happen thank you thank you you're welcome a word all right sergeant taylor i'm gonna go ahead and let you go and i'm gonna go ahead and cut out on this interview too so all right well i appreciate you of course and i appreciate you this was wonderful all right yes ma'am you take care you do the same all right I know. All right. Well, that concludes today's interview. Thank you for tuning in and bye now. And that concludes this episode of the season bet podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the show and a special thank you to retired Sergeant first class Cassandra Taylor for sharing her story and taking the time to make this interview possible. As promised, there are links in the bio of this episode to help you get in touch with Cassandra for more information about Top Flight Defense and her books, Why I Serve. Now, if you are or know a Black Lady veteran who would like to sit down with me and be a part of the show, please email me at seasonvetpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call or text message me at 713-254-0970. You can also find, follow, and inbox me, The Season Vet, across all platforms of social media, at Real Season Vet on Twitter, at Season Vet Podcast on Instagram, at Season Vet Podcast on TikTok, at Season Vet on YouTube, Season Vet on Facebook. Y'all, I'm so out there, I'm even on Spoutable. That's at the Season Vet on Spoutable. Now, if you like what you heard, please like it, share it, rate it, and leave a good review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And if you're hearing this episode on the date that it drops, then you're listening to it on October 2nd, 2023, the 56th anniversary of Thurgood Marshall being sworn into the Supreme Court. On October 2nd, 1963, Justice Marshall became the first black person to serve on the United States Supreme Court. Justice Marshall remained the only black person to have ever sat on the United States Supreme Court until Ketanji Brown Jackson was sworn in as a justice in 2022. Don't correct me, I know what I said. Thank you again for tuning in, and until next time, fall out.